Hey, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, for this day six of month four, 2023 years. It's Monday, Thursday, and we're getting ready for our meditation as we head into the great time that we know as Easter. As we're preparing, we ask for you, first of all, thank you for being a part. Thank you for choosing to connect with us. And uh, let's go ahead and get set on in. And we're going to uh, have some communion in just a few moments. That's going to be a great opportunity for us to kind of celebrate. We're also going to listen to some good music on top of... We're going to, well, it's going to be musical. How about that? We're going to get time to, to just sit quietly and meditate and, and really enjoy the, the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We're going to do that in just a few moments. Well, before we get to that, I believe there's some things on your mind that you want to talk about with your Creator. Not necessarily talk about, but you may want to um, just have a moment of release. I like to call moments of breath, moments of release. Just sitting there quietly. Mama Bell's got some pieces that she's going to put together that's going to help us to just sit in our our moment of our little closet area, if you will. We don't need to talk. We don't need to to express anything. Just open your mind and your heart to the spirit, to the creator. Let him speak to you and let him put in you the things that will better you and pull out those things that are causing you problems. That's what we do when we sit there and breathe, if you will, a moment of breath. We're going to do that. I said Mama's going to pray. And then afterwards, we're going to open the Bible to Matthew chapter 26. We're going to read our verse of the hour. First, we meditate. My dear Mama Bill.
Our scripture lesson comes from Matthew chapter number 26, verse 14. Matthew chapter number 26, verse 14 begins, Then one of the twelve, the man called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they weighed out 30 pieces of silver for him. And from that time, he started looking for a good opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man, he said, and tell him, the teacher says, my time is near. I am celebrating the Passover at your place with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed, each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He replied, The one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. Judas, his betrayer, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. You have said it, he told him. Verse 26, As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, 
which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That was Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through verse 30. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word. And with that, my friends, we're getting ready to get this party started, as we, as we say. And we could do so by you, uh, well, making sure everybody's prepared for this. Make sure everybody's up. If you have to hang up and call somebody, get them on the line, or maybe you can slide in their DMs, uh, in their texts, emails, carry a pigeon. I don't care how you get it. Just make sure everybody knows that we're about to get started. We'll give you some time to do that and get all of yourself together, get your communion and everything together. Sit it down at your little table. Make your little table a little area for you to sit down and handle your business. And we're going to get, as we say down in Miami, to a tour in just a few moments. Somebody not tell the devil that I know 14 different ways to start this call? I don't know. Oh, apparently, he didn't He, he didn't know that. Because the computer the won't air. act right. They're on the air. Yeah. Well, my lovely people, I'm so glad to be with you. And there is a good Lord because... I just told you there's 14 ways to start the call. And, Lord, I couldn't remember what that number was until he just told me, just hit that number right there. That's what it is. And so here we are getting started on this Monday Thursday, the last day before uh, we go and celebrate Easter. This morning, I hope you got all your little accoutrements, all your little uh, your little pieces of business, your bread and your as as the, my my friend said, did you bring did you bring your hot rolls and your liquor and, and get ready for communion in just a few moments, uh, Mama Bell. Is going to play for us, and uh, my dear granny is going to pray for us. Mama Bell, I would like, if you can, and, and this might be a little hard. Well, no, we're not going to do that. We're going, we're, going, we're going to do it this way because you've been, you've been salivating so hard. But what we're going to, I mean, what do you want done? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. She, I told you she's so excited. Uh, 
we're going to do Jesus Loves Me at the end, and we will uh, explain why we're going to do it that way in just a few moments. The end uh, of the whole service or what? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's what we're going to do. But we're, we're going to listen to your other piece here in the middle. So what we're going to do is, uh, see, that's how we do. We direct traffic here in, 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 in uh on 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 live. We don't we don't we don't we direct it live. My grandmother's gonna open us in a lovely moment of prayer and then uh uh we will listen to Mama Bell and then after Mama Bell does that is Brother Dennis here with us this morning? I can't see because the phone is not working right. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, he's here. He's here. So my dear granny will open us in prayer, and Mama Bell will play, and then Brother Dennis, if you uh, will pray over our communion time, and then we're going to have a little something to talk about, and then we will partake, and then Mama Bell will play our anthem at the end. That will be our time together. That sound like a good plan to everybody? Praise the Lord. All right. Most gracious and all wise Father, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you, O oh God, that you brought us up into another year that we can celebrate your birthday. We thank you, God, not on your birthday, but for the resurrection. We thank you for the price that you paid for us. Help us always, dear God, to remember the promise that you made to us. Help us to meditate on your word. Help us, O oh God, to realize that you said, let not our hearts be troubled, but ye believe in God, leave also in me. Peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth. I give you peace. And help us rest in your peace, dear God, that we might be able to praise you and be a shining light in this dark world. Shine on us, day star, shine on us. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. 
meet the Calvary. All right. All right. Thank you, Mama Bell. Thank you. Music to start our brain working this this Thursday morning, this Monday, Thursday. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome to our Monday, Thursday service. We're glad that you're a part of it. Father God, we just want to take this moment just to thank you, and we will do this. We will do this in, in what you told us to do. We will celebrate the Last Supper that you had with the uh, your disciples, how you explained to them what was going to happen, even though you have told them over and over again, Lord, symbols and uh, things that they could identify with to remember, to remember what what you were or what you did for us. Father God, we just want to give you all that glory and honor. We want you to help us, help us to be that light that we need to be, not only to our families, but to our friends and to those people that we meet. Let them know the great celebration that we're getting ready for in a few days. As we take this time, take this time to remember you in this Monday, Thursday, as we celebrate the Passover meal with you, Lord, just give us the strength. We just thank you. Thank you for what you've done. We know that you were sitting there with your your disciples, knowing what you were going to face in just a few hours, but yet you had the strength and the love to show them. And you still show that love and strength to us every day. And we thank you for that. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for reminding us, not just today, not just this weekend, but every day of our lives, what you did for us, the sacrifice that you made, that we may, we may join you one day in your heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Amen and amen. God bless. Amen. If I have a few moments to ask the question. Uh, Tomorrow morning, uh, we are going to just remind us that we will be here again tomorrow morning for a time of, of prayer and meditation. Uh, 6.30 in the morning. Is everybody uh, aware of that? And uh, we'll be able to make it tomorrow morning. I just wanted to let you know of that. Mama Bell has already told me that if I won't hear, she's going to beat me up. <laughs> so Mama Bell will be here, and I'm sure she'll be banging on the keys. And we're going to do some other fun things for tomorrow morning. But that's tomorrow. This morning... In Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 30, as you're sitting there at your little table or wherever you have your elements, uh, it's a great opportunity for us to just sit down there. You have your cup of coffee. I don't care how you do it. It's uh, the moment to think about, not necessarily what's in the cup. We find 
ourselves in chapter 26. At the beginning of verse 14, it begins with a gentleman. And as much as I like to be one of those spiritualists, those religionists who uh, likes to come with the idea that, oh, I have a word that has never been heard before. Every preacher loves to to tout that. They love to find new ways to explain the old gospel. I ask for you to, as you're meditating, to pray over preachers who are preparing for the Super Bowl of Christendom, Easter. And again, how they can reinvigorate a timeless and very popularized story. That said, I looked at this particular text and, as usual, saw things that did not make sense to me before. First of all, you got Judas Iscariot who's sitting there, and the scripture tells us that he went up to the chief priest after knowing all of what happened. We talked about in John on Sunday when the priests were looking as he rode into the streets of Jerusalem. And everybody was excited. Everybody was happy. Everybody was joyous. This is Jesus, the man who has healed the sick and raised the dead. Jesus, the man who had caused the blind to see. Jesus was the man who just uh, left Bethany, you remember. He had went down there and took an old man who had been dead sometimes, smelling like old, just old. Probably had the worms because, you know, there was no embalming fluid. The Jews did not embalm even to this day. They still do not embalm. That is why most times you will see a Jewish funeral. If a person dies on Thursday, they must be in the ground by Saturday. It doesn't end well if a dude's passed that. Here's a man who had already died and been buried. Jesus went down and did the business. And now Lazarus is no longer dead. That text goes on to explain, even if you look into chapter Further on in that chapter, should I say, excuse me for getting flustered, but those religious leaders who had just heard about what happened to Elijah, now now they said, they, they, see, see, they didn't have, or they had an advantage that we don't have. There was no cell phones. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram or Snapchat. So, so. The papers wasn't even that fast. So what they were trying to do is they were trying to figure out how 
to put Lazarus back where he came from before the people found out what happened. They knew what Jesus had done. So now they went and said, now the best way to solve this problem is we got to go and kill Lazarus and put him back. But that's another conversation. So these religious leaders are realizing that these people are seeing all this stuff that this man is doing. He's doing all this good stuff. He's making us look bad. He's not good for re-election. Uh-huh. We got to figure out how to get rid of them. So Judas was petitioned. Judas said, what you going to do for me? It bothered me because you think about right about now when we are heading into tax season. I hope you got that stuff, that stuff taken care of. You head into tax season, and sometimes you go down and talk to the family. You've had communication with the family, Iris or Ivan, Rebecca and their son named Sam. That's the family. And they'll tell you, we'll give you 20% off your taxes if you snitch on somebody. You ever seen those commercials? You turn somebody in that we're looking for and we'll sweeten the pot for you. He played the disciples or this this religious leader did, played to this disciples his weakness, his desire, his love of money. A theologian argued that It wasn't necessarily that Judas betrayed Jesus because he hated Jesus. No, he didn't hate him. Judas loved money. This is a prime example of what happens when the love of money takes precedence. Oh, you need another example of that argument because it doesn't make sense to you. Well, go further in the chapter. When Mary came in and took that alabaster bottle, that good old rich girl perfume, and anointed Jesus with it, and and look at what old Judas did. I dare you. He got indignant, did Judas. It's in the scripture. You can read it, black and white. We could have took that money. That's a waste. You're wasting money. Waste for money. Judas loved him some money. That was the first thing in his mind. How can I benefit? I don't have time and don't want to spend all my time here on Judas. Judas wasn't the problem. There was an even bigger situation apart from Judas. Where are we going to have the celebration? It's Passover time. We don't know where we're going, where we're going to hang out at. That's the problem. Jesus sent his disciples said, go make a reservation with a gentleman over there. 
go down there to the the Smith and Lewinskys, if you will, uh, the Rupper Room, uh, the Fisherman's Wharf. Go down there and and talk to the proprietor and tell him I want a reservation for thirteen. Said I got a business to take care of and I. I got to head out of town here in a minute. But before I do, I want to have a little time together with my home, with my buddies, my homies, my, my brothers. So tell them to give us a table for 13. And they went and they got the table, went and they had dinner in the back corner. That room also had a little bit of recliners in it. They were just laying back and relaxing. And while Jesus was sitting there just with his feet in the air, looking down at his fingernails, he says, you know, (laughs) uh, I got a problem. I told you it got worse. It got worse than Judas. We didn't solve the problem of where we're going to eat, but we still got a problem. Jesus said, one of y'all is going to betray me. Now the whole room gets depressed. The whole room starts looking at each other. But it gets worse than that because not only did Judas betray him, but now Judas has been uncovered. And then he tells Judas in so many different terms, he says, you're going to betray me, but when it's all over, you will wish you had never been born. The love of money drove Judas to his death. But that's all the bad stuff. Because now we get to the good part. As you're sitting there and you're looking at all of the, well, not all, you're looking at the elements. You have your your drink or your your juice. You may have a different type of bread. If you think about it, the the whole communion wafer, the unleavened bread, is nothing more than something you might find down at the Chipotle. Just flat bread, don't have any yeast in it. Didn't rise. Little taco bread. He took that, broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And while you're sitting there with that bread in your hand, you think about that. Because it's fascinating to think about the fact that you are eating somebody's body. But it's not that you're eating the body. 
is what he has said is this is the ultimate opportunity. This is the ultimate symbolism. This piece of bread that is it has been put through the fire, has been put through the test. It is turned from immature into maturity. And now it is broken. And just like this bread has been put through its test and its trials and tribulations, I have too, you know. A lot of that you've watched. We've grown in maturity together. You've read the story. You've heard about my coming. The prophet Isaiah told you about it. He said what was going to happen, how I was going to be born, and so forth and so on. So you've had an understanding of the journey you saw as I came into the world through Isaiah. I went through the proverbial oven and growed into maturity, and now here we are. And I would like for you to do this and remember me. Remember what we've been through. Remember what I've done for you, and remember what I will always do for you. As often as you do this, you remember. You may take your bread and meditate over that, if you will, at this time. And after you get to the the fruit, as they call it, of the vine, the blood of him that was shed for thee. It represents a, a conclusion to a journey. Before Jesus, there was a continual process. Jesus came and came, should I say, and died on the cross. Most folks will not take into consideration or have not done so. He came and he ripped up an economy. The economy of sacrificials. He came and he pierced him in his side and that blood ran down. And what that was was the final sacrifice. No more did you need to go and find a goat or a pigeon, a ram. You didn't need to present some animal to the priest. You didn't need to have some resources. You didn't need to go into the woods if you was poor and trap a pigeon. No, he had made the final journey. 
and the final sacrifice. And what this is is a reminder that that's it. The journey has been completed. The battle has been won. And you are drinking in remembrance as a reminder that not only has the battle been won, but the journey towards the ultimate battle, the ultimate conclusion, this is a reminder of what's to come. May we take and drink now. And the scripture says that after they had concluded, after they had finished, they had had their final moment of celebration, they went off. They sang after singing a hymn. That's where that wonderful hymn of our time comes in with Mama Bell. That hymn of our community. The ultimate reminder that Jesus loves us. My dear mama. And we are thankful for this great opportunity, this moment of remembrance. We're thankful for life. We're thankful for liberty. We're thankful for redemption. And most importantly, we're thankful for the cross. Until we meet again. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm.